As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Sift Spoil uh, for Joker. We're going to uh, take a look at anything that might be considered a spoiler and go a little more in depth. Could be hanging threads, romances, jokes, Easter eggs, cameos, deaths, resurrections, or post-credit sequences. Uh, there are none uh, post-credit sequences. It's true. <laughs> I looked. Uh, so if you haven't seen the movie, uh, I would recommend that you go away. Uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, we're going to spoil it for you. Mm-hmm. And number two, uh, we don't kind of go in order. We just kind of jump around. It'd and be confusing. Yeah. Yeah. It might be a little bit confusing. So let's do this. Let's continue our our disagreement. They all die. <laughs> on what? Uh, no. On where we land with the Joker. Where, where do you want to start on this this thing? Like, what, There were some things that I know you wanted to touch on. Specific... Uh, Examples of things, yeah, but I don't remember on because we, isn't that we, funny? We, we should just, make those. Phil should write remember, that stuff down. I remember one of the big ones was yeah. um, you wanted to talk about things that didn't you weren't sure if they were real or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. tell me what you think might have been fake. I think the whole thing might have been fake. I well, think, th- spoiler alert, the whole thing is fake, it's all based on a comic book character. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole movie potentially was in his head. Wow. Well, then what does that mean? That makes the movie so much worse if that's the case. I'm saying it's a potential. I don't think it is, but I'm saying that I think... I don't think the movie indicates that at all. Where does the movie indicate that? Where the whole thing, whenever the movie ends with him in the psychiatrist's office, and he says, I was just thinking of a funny joke. I think what he's saying is everything that we saw was in his head, and that was the joke. And then she's like, could you mind telling me? He's like, you wouldn't get it. That's that. I, that's I, a, that's a stretch. I I do think it's a stretch, but it's very intriguing. <laughs> like, I don't find it intriguing at all. <laughs> I, f- I find that I like. Not only is it a stretch, if that's the. I mean, if that's even an option, that makes this movie like legitimately bad. No, like, that's, oh, come yeah, on. No, what that's you, that's really. What do you think he's saying on that last line? Which joke is he specifically thinking of? Well, he's he's. What joke is he thinking or, or of? Like, what, what did he find funny that wasn't really funny? That he was. Well, I mean, first of all, he has that laughing thing 
that he does. But I think the joke overall that he's talking about is just yeah. the joke of society. It's just the, the okay. idea that, you know, um, me embracing my murderous self is hilarious to me. You wouldn't find it funny, you know, kind of thing. Right. But um, but I think it's also meta. We talked about the meta-ness. Yeah. Um, and I think he is speaking to the audience in that way a little bit too. Um, I think there is an element of the way it finished. By the way, this movie has like four or five different endings uh, or possible endings. Um, and the one in the, uh, the one that it decides to go with is very slapstick. And I think is again, attempting to go the comedy route with yeah. this movie and kind of finish in that way. So, um, but yeah, that's what I think thinks going on. But yeah, so you think the whole thing? I'm saying I think that the movie leaves that as a possible interpretation. I don't 100 percent so. disagree, but that's fine. I, yeah. I mean, that would be so weird to me. I I can't even process that. How can you think that that's too weird and you loved Ad Astra when everything in that movie is up to the audience's interpretation? Well, there's a difference between there's a difference between <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time narrative and metaphor and trying to balance those two things. And narrative and sub-narrative, which is what you're talking about. So metaphor is different than a movie that has the sub-narrative of uh, an unreliable narrator or whatever you're saying. Um, But yeah, I don't don't sense that in this movie at all. I I think everything in this movie happened except for the things we're explicitly told didn't happen. Um, I think this movie is very clear about what happened to his mom. I think this movie is very clear about what happened with his neighbor, with the Zazie Beats character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we are given all those answers uh, narratively. Yeah. By the way, the whole Zazie Beats thing uh, with her being in his head for... Mm-hmm. I don't think that that was supposed to be a uh, a big reveal. I think that we were supposed to know she wasn't there the whole time. Well, I hope so, because it certainly was obvious. It, yeah, it was very obvious. And I think that Todd Phillips knew that that was going to be obvious. I think I that that know, wasn't man. the point. I, I, Maybe. I, again, I hope so. The, there were people that around me that gasped when they revealed that. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, it, it, it struck me as an obvious story movement. I, but I didn't, I, I didn't know for sure, but the fact that she was like so like immediately liking this guy when everyone else is shunning him, ignoring mm-hmm. him, kicking him... I was just like, this can't be real. I, like, I don't, and I think I think you're probably right. I don't know that he. The story doesn't need it to be a, a, a surprise. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. he, I mean, he sets that table with the talk show appearance at the beginning, where he's <laughs> yes. like the dad I never had, or whatever that whole scene. Oh, that uh, was powerful at, at, at the beginning. Uh, that was all in his mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, he sets the table for that. I, I don't. I don't know. It it doesn't bother me if it. If it was, you know, intended to be obvious. So things like that, him uh, imagining himself in a uh, in the uh, talk show Mm -hmm. or Zazay Beats, you know, falling in love with him, you know, all of that stuff lends itself to the quote unquote unreliable narrator. So I think that that could lend itself to this whole movie being in his head because it starts. It doesn't though. Yeah, it can. No, those things aren't unreliable narrator. Those things are very reliable narrator. The movie makes a very specific comment on those things. It makes those things clear. It doesn't leave them up for your interpretation. Like the movie is very clear on both of those things. But him not being able to discern what's real and what's not. Right. And this movie, while it's not told from, it is told from his perspective because we're seeing everything in his head that isn't there. We're seeing, so we are sharing his mind. So 
the simple fact that he can pick up, he can realize that things aren't real. That doesn't mean that he picks up on everything that's not real. So if he isn't of sound mind, we can't trust anything. I mean, okay. I, just, I disagree. I, I think we're let in on his his delusions, uh, the two the two specific ones. But I don't I don't think the rest of it is supposed to be. I think we're supposed to have a view in to what his actions and what he's doing. But I don't think we're in his head because the movie starts off with him talking about how uh, he used to be in the mental institution, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it shows him you know banging his head against the glass and everything. I think that if you were to go back and rewatch this movie, which I'm excited to do, I really, really am, uh, to go back and watch this with the mindset of thinking every single thing in this movie is in his head. Hmm. I am really excited because while I don't think that, I think that he really does become the Joker and that, you know, he really did kill those people. Um, I think that this movie could have so many different... Uh, interpretations okay yeah so what other things were you concerned or not concerned but confused by so let's talk about what this movie is trying to do and the consequences of that uh i think in many ways this is a much stronger movie if it's outside of the uh, dc universe uh if we're just if we're just dealing with it's a confined story with a human being i think the way this movie ties the Waynes and Batman, and we we see Thomas and Martha go down again, and okay. the pearls fly. This is my number one con with the movie. I was so excited about not seeing a Batman origin scene uh-huh. in a movie that deals with Batman. Yeah, but I still saw. I, I honestly didn't think Batman was going to be in this movie. I, I I thought this was just going to be a, a Joker origin story, and I, I I kind of wish it was without even. But it, but the movie definitely wants to go there, and that's just and that's fine. It doesn't have to go where I expect it to go. But um, but it it ties itself so closely to the mythology of the the Batman stuff that I think we then have to wrestle about what that means for this character within the Batman world. And it, it, this is fine for the origin story of a separate Joker character, but this Joker character would not be the same Joker character I've seen in any other Batman movie. Yeah. Uh, this Joker character is not super intelligent, is not a mastermind. This Joker character is an accidental, men- mental, uh, uh, mentally unstable human being that accidentally himself into followers and uh, a group of people and is just embracing his ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Um I don't understand how that becomes any kind of mega villain. I, I don't understand like the consequences of what this tells us about the Joker character can bring us understanding, can bring us empathy, can bring us information, can can do all of those things. But because it's so tied to the Batman universe, I think it's it's contradictory enough that it's distracting to me and a little weird to me. I just don't get how. You know, like you watch Heath Ledger, you watch any other Joker version. And again, I don't read the comic books, so I don't know about the comic books. And it's just this super intelligent, 
match for Batman, right? It's Batman's the detective and Joker is the best case because he's so smart and can use media to do things and this is not who this is not who this person becomes. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it's I don't know, there's there's a little bit of a disconnect there that at least the especially if they do a sequel, they're going to have to deal with those consequences and figure that out. Um so so yeah, so that's one of the one of the things I was talking about, kind of where the movie goes that um, was a little bit weird to me. Uh, the other thing I know specifically I wanted to mention was the De Niro character and the yeah. decision, the decisions that he makes. Yeah, what decisions did he make? Um, okay, so he he goes and the thing he does at this unknown nightclub, right? He bombs or whatever, um, but he's laughing at his own jokes. Mm-hmm. And then they, for whatever reason, put that on their late night talk show. Okay. And then invite him to be on the show. Have you never seen Tosh.0? Well, I have seen Tosh.0. That's I've seen... literally the entire premise of that show. So it's not but unprecedented. Have, but have you ever seen Letterman or Leno? or Conan's done it. Or Conan? Conan's done Conan it. Conan would never have done something oh, Con- like that. He has not done it. Not a chance. I guarantee, I will... to, to make fun of somebody like that and yes. bring them on specifically to make fun of them? He's done Not it. a chance. He's give, done me the, give me the example. Okay. It's never happened. He used not to have a, a bit where he would have uh, people write in like, because uh, he would have this thing where he's like, I am, uh, I've never made a mistake on the show. And then he would have like actual people like send in videos uh-huh. of them pointing out like actual like mistakes that he made on the show, like misquoting sure. something. Yes. And then he would go out of his way to ridiculously prove that they were wrong. And like he would make fun of them, like how like how they looked on the videos and stuff like that. Like, hey, next time you want to try and prove me wrong, why don't you wear a shirt or something like that? He would do that. Well, yeah, you don't see how that's completely different? No. Okay, so the different the difference there is he is the butt of that joke. Conan is the butt of that joke. He knows it. The audience knows it. Everybody knows it. They know he's being ridiculous. That these people aren't wrong. That they aren't you know bad people or whatever. The, this character in this movie is making this person the butt of the joke, not just in an offhanded let's just show the video kind of way, but I'm going to bring you on here. To publicly make fun of you on my show. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. I've I've never seen anything like that. Tosh Point, you can't say you've never seen anything like that when Tosh Point is that. I can't say that because it's true. Tosh Point is that. Tosh Point has brought people on specifically to make fun of them. Oh, yes. That is literally the show. I've never seen it. That's literally the show. No, the show is he does clips. But he brings that person on and makes fun of them. Live. Yes. In the studio. Yes. Okay, I haven't seen that. Yes. So. He will bring them on the show, interview them, and they are blissfully ignorant to the fact that he is making fun of them. I'm just telling you, them. I didn't buy any of the motivations of that talk show team. It just seemed re- really weird to me oh, um, yeah. and what they were doing. Uh, so, and, and, the, and the fact that it's just such a... I don't know. It's like a forgotten part of the movie. Like, it's just... It just ser- it serves the story. It serves the plot. Um, to do, and I, I don't think the actual decisions of the characters make much sense. So, can I offer a, a, a little bit of a theory that combines those two things? Sure. If it is all in his head, all, all of that talk show stuff makes complete sense. Like, it, it, like that is something that sure. that someone with mental illness. And I think that's a worse movie. If that's up. the case. I 
Andrew's not alone, by the way. Like LA Times, Cinema Blends, IGN, they're all coming up with all in his head theories. Oh, really? On their websites, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm not saying that Andrew's right. I'm just saying that other people are also wondering the same thing. Sure. Well, I I don't think that there's a right or wrong. I think this is all up to interpretation and how you want to view this movie. I think the movie lends itself to multiple interpretations, and there is no right or wrong way I, of looking at it. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he was in a straitjacket the entire time that yeah. those events were were happening. Um, I think it does explain cer- certain things in the movie that are hard to wrestle with, like the the reality of it. Like, that wouldn't really happen. Like, well, it didn't really happen, you know. Um, so. here's, here's, here, this will be the, the final thing I say about it. Uh, number one, I disagree completely. I think the movie is very clear that all this happened. Number two, if that is the case... This is an even worse movie than I thought. You have to tell me why it's an even worse movie. Because if all of this was in his head, it means even less, and it has nothing to do with the Joker. There is no reason to tie this movie to the Batman universe whatsoever, if that's the case. This is, it just, it eliminates not only those muddled messages that are competing to try to say something and I'm not exactly sure what, it not only eliminates them, it undercuts them. It completely eliminates their ability. And if if that is the case, and the movie wanted us to believe that or think that or process with that, I think it would have been made differently. I think there would have been moments where we were alert to clues. And maybe I just missed the clues, but... You yeah, know. I think the only thing that kind of breaks down the theory a little bit is unless you believe the movie is trying to do like an Inception dream within a dream thing, that it's a little weird that he would be imagining a world where, he, where there's like that that you know non-real scene that's happening within a non-real scene. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so I, that's a little weird. Well, I can me, relate but. to that. Every <laughs> single time I have a uh, anxiety attack, it's hard to tell what's real and what's not. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, I'm sure that's, yeah, that, that is, again, that is why I think it's all right there on the screen. We're not seeing it from his perspective in those moments. Um, I definitely think it's, it's an interesting conversation to have about the movie. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't. Come well, it away. doesn't surprise me at all that, I mean, people do that about every movie, you know? Yeah. I, Here's I, our weird theories. It's, you know, there's a clickbait come, aspect to it as well. I did not come away thinking that I didn't have that theory right. at all, but yeah, yeah. it's definitely interesting. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, I I, I really liked the Zazie Beats. Is that what you, mm-hmm. how yeah. you pronounce it? I, I actually really liked her. I hadn't seen her in anything. You guys, I'm sure have. But Deadpool two. I haven't I haven't seen Deadpool two yet. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess Atlanta. She's, Dom, she's Domino in that, right? Yeah. Um, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's really Zazie good. Beats. I'm not. I haven't heard for sure how her first name's pronounced, but yeah. Zazie is Zazie. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. She was really good. Yeah. Yeah, she was awesome. I, I was I, I was definitely surprised by how few performances are in the movie besides Joaquin. It is it's like, his movie. It's yeah. and I don't Joaquin. know if it, I don't know if it was always going to be that. Like I said, I think maybe a lot of stuff got left on the cutting room floor so that it could be like solely his movie. I think this was from the get go. It was supposed to be a this is his movie. I yeah. really do think so. Yeah, I just don't know to this degree if it was supposed to be that. I I can see a world where you know uh, Todd came back with an assembly cut that was like three and a half hours long, which is pretty, you know, normal, and then decided to to keep as much of the Joaquin stuff as possible. And so a lot of other stuff kind of hit the floor. Um, but I think it was always intended to be a, uh, a showcase piece for Joaquin. Um, but I wonder if it was supposed to be even this much. I just think he's so brilliant in it that, you know, he probably kept a, a lot of it. 
Did you did you not like the parallels with the Bruce Wayne and Thomas Wayne stuff? Like, was it okay well, that that was stuff was? It's in the fine movie? that it's there. I just okay. think it changes this movie's ability to say something new or to do something new. I think it yeah. becomes much more of a comic book. What do you movie. mean by that? I mean, it becomes much more of a comic book movie that we've seen before in those moments. The plot is so reliant on those beats of. You know, Bruce Wayne, uh, seeing him through the fence, uh, you know, um, Bruce Wayne seeing his parents, you know, uh, gun like it's it's it becomes a Batman origin story as well as a Joker origin story. And I just you know, I don't I think this movie is more able to live in its authenticity if it just leaves that stuff aside and just removes it. But Um, then it's not a Joker movie. Well, I mean, it still could be. If there is no Joker without Batman, and there is no Batman without okay, Joker. Okay, and so that's what the movie is saying. See, I, I don't know I don't know think that. that's what the movie's saying. I think that that's what... I think that's just a uh, from a comic book but it could, un- aficionado. Let me, like, let me see if I can clear this up. I, it, okay. could have, it, it could have used it peripherally as, uh, you know, as existing without being so specific about those connections. You know, you don't you don't need the for the for the movie I'm talking about for this movie. You do need these things. So please understand. I'm not saying this movie doesn't need these things or that they're that they're not um, a key part of, you know, what can make this movie interesting. Um, But the Thomas Wayne scene in the bathroom, the scene at the gate, um, the death scene, you know, scenes like that. This movie can exist without them and still be a Joker story with just mentions, you know, the the. He could have those conversations with his mom or the psychiatric hospital about, you know, like all that stuff is still good that she thinks that, you know, her and Thomas Thomas Wayne had him that delusion that can be in the periphery. And so it's still a Joker movie. But to bring it all so front and center, I don't know. I just I, I wasn't expecting it. And I think it it. I think it it offers some cognitive dissonance as to what this movie is trying to do and trying to be. From your perspective, and again, it's the perspective I share that this is all real. I'm just saying that there could sure, be sure, a theory. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I think that you would the movie benefits from showing all that because at the end of the movie, when we see Thomas and Martha gunned down, and you see Bruce standing over there, that's your hope. That's your light at the end of a tunnel. That's your beacon of hope that you can grab onto because nothing else in this movie is saying that things are going to be okay. But the fact that you know there will be a Batman, that's your hope. Sure. So I think you kind of have to have that because if you don't have any of that in the movie, then this movie is just completely without hope and that there is no redemption. Well, I don't, I don't know that showing that offers more hope than just knowing that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that... I mean, you'd still know there was going to be a Batman if it's the Joker. Yeah, but knowing and showing uh, are two very different But things. what does the movie show us? It just shows us a kid watching his... Like, it doesn't show us any of... You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing... There's nothing... The movie itself doesn't show us anything that would indicate, oh, this kid is going to be uh, a beacon of hope. Like, the movie doesn't show that. We know that because we know it's going to be Batman. Yeah. But as far as what the movie's showing us, it's just a kid just lost his parents. Yeah, but I think that Todd Phillips, on the other hand, is like, you guys know, I don't have to spell it out for you. I don't have to... When I say show, I don't mean show everything. It's not going to be a 15-hour movie where you see that kid grow up to be Batman. Showing us that Bruce Wayne, like, that Joker had an effect, that he wasn't the direct 
killer of Thomas and Martha, this masked guy who I assume is Joe Chill, the guy who killed uh, mm-hmm. Thomas and Martha. I assume that's who's under that mask. Um, you know, it could be like metaphorically the Joker did kill Thomas and Martha, and that would just solidify that relationship between the Joker and Batman that much more. It makes it sure. that much more endearing and personal to mm-hmm. Bruce. Yeah. So that could be another aspect of why he had to be in this movie. Sure. Because for all we know, for all the comics we've read, the Jokers could, but I say Joker because there's three. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to go down to that rat, <laughs> rat fine. hole. I wouldn't uh, be able to follow. Yeah. Uh, there's three Jokers people. Um, but what was I saying now? The fact that we know now in this universe that there's a potential deeper relationship and the fact that in all of the comics we've read that there is just a Joker is a bad guy. He is the antithesis to everything that Batman stands for. Yeah, that's enough. But if you're telling me now that there is a personal vendetta probably between Mm -hmm. Bruce Wayne and the Joker, that makes it that much more powerful and that much more interesting. Yes. So I'm going to give Todd Phillips credit for showing me everything that Bruce Wayne was in this movie for. I just think if you wanted to make that movie, then you have to make different decisions with the Joker character. That's all I'm saying is I'm saying there are kind of two movies at battle here. There's one that wants to be a Batman movie, and there's one that wants to be a psychological evaluation of how we treat mental illness. And those movies do not work well together. I'm giving you carte blanche. How would you change this movie? Uh, if you, you still got time, by the way, I'm, I'm keeping track of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, for me, if I were making this movie, first I would have to do a lot of training on what it means to be a director and all the different uh, things that come along with that. Carte, carte blanche, <laughs> um, you have the skills. You, <laughs> you got the skills. <laughs> well, no, I only say that because I don't have the skills, and I don't. You know, I, I haven't studied this stuff. But for me, the story-wise. I think I would eliminate the three scenes I talked about. I think I would have uh, a very clear... um, I think I would make the Batman part of it just the last 15 minutes. I think you could watch the first hour and a half of this movie, and it could just be a guy who was a clown, who was dealing with mental illness, and society pushed him to this place. Um, And his mom... You know, talked about this rich guy or whatever, but don't put names on it. Don't, you know, make it completely so that it can be ambivalent. It can could be the Batman story we know that's already in her head and we can put those pieces in. But you know what? If we didn't, it's not there until the last 15 minutes, you know, of this movie um, becomes something, you know, different. That I think that would at least allow you to live in a more authentic version of what he's trying to do with this character. Um, honestly, perfectly. Uh, maybe the last fifteen seconds. Maybe it's in. Maybe it's ambivalent. Maybe those last, you know, those last few moments are even more direct, but ambivalent about. Oh, is this the Joker or is this just a guy? Um, I would love to have come away with that question. Was this a Joker story? Was this a Joker origin story? Or did we? Because then I think you can honestly deal better. Honestly, deal with. The deep and painful issues this movie wants to deal with. So you'd rather mo- name the movie Arthur as opposed to Joker? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Or Fleck. Fleck. Or, yeah. I th- I, that's just me. That would be my carte blanche. That would be the movie I could walk out of going, wow, you said some powerful things. 
And, you know, I don't know. I just, that's, that's me. Yeah. So anyways, I don't know if that answers the question fully, but, um, I don't know that I have any other specific scenes that I really need. I I guess I do. I I have one I want to talk about. Uh, the scene where he imitates the welcome on the talk show where he Uh, was great. It's my favorite scene in the movie. So good. Joaquin's performance in that is where he walks through the curtain. Yeah. I loved it so much. I love that scene so much. Uh, And, even though it was in all the trailers, unfortunately, I really did like his descent down the stairs. Like, oh, dancing! I, I, he was so in control. So, um, for, to, you know, to use a meta term, like, so for the first time, happy. Like, mm-hmm. just he was happy. There's Walk, freedom. Yeah, like you, you could tell. Like, he's finally embracing who he is, mm-hmm. and and now he's not under all this pressure anymore. Like, it was really beautiful to watch. Somebody kind of mentioned this but i'm going to put my own twist on it every single time you see him going up those steps he's always you know struggling and hurting and stuff yeah it's like going going up against you know technically gravity but you know going yeah. up is like struggling but when he's no, going good. down those steps it's so easy he, it's so easy for him descent is easy yeah. growth is hard yeah that's no that's great i love that yeah i, I really like that so the movie's perfect so the movie's great apparently <laughs> yeah. i didn't realize until just now but yeah. uh, the movie is absolutely perfect all i had to know all i had to say at the beginning of this conversation you remember just when that, he was going up and down those stairs <laughs> it meant something what? What? all right well there you go a perfect movie yeah. go see joker uh thank you for checking out the the spoilers let's continue this conversation on twitter wherever you want to uh i do love movie conversations so yeah. uh but we will i'm sure we'll do jim and i man spoilers next week so yep. we'll see you then bye As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.